0: promoters and welcome to another spine-tingling episode of Uncharted Territory, episode 21 to be precise. Happy to have everyone uh, with us. Well, this evening is when we're taping, but it could be the morning, could be the afternoon, depending on where you are and when you choose to listen to us. We're just happy to have you along for the ride. And let's go around the Zoom room and introduce my cohorts as well as get the Grand Pachoco weather this evening uh, from your neck of the woods, wherever that may be. And let's see, moving from my right to left, let's start with Corey Olson. Corey, how are you this evening?
1: I'm doing well, Stu. Good evening, or morning, or afternoon, promoters. Whenever you're listening, uh, great to be back with you for episode 21. Uh, the weather report here in uh, Maplewood, Minnesota. We've uh, hit some warm temperatures. Got to 60 today. Uh, almost all of our snow is gone, and uh, it's just a wonderful feeling. Spring is is slowly starting to to flourish and uh, And uh, more importantly, this episode is flourishing with uh, excitement and news and fun.
0: Well said, Corey, well said. Tim Dalton, how is it up in sunny Buffalo or is it sunny Buffalo?
2: It is, it is sunny Buffalo and and we got up into the low fifties today. So that was great. We're looking at uh, 60 degrees for the next couple of days. So that'll get rid of any remaining snow that we do have uh, sitting around. Uh, But it's been it's been fantastic here. It's it's uh, a spring like feel here in Buffalo with a a warm westerly wind blowing in and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get some more spring weather to come, but it's supposed to chill down a little bit. But but hopefully we uh, we we stay above freezing here for the rest of the way.
0: I sincerely hope so, Tim, as as do all of your fellow (laughs) Buffaloites. uh chad olson how goes it in your neck of the woods sir
3: i'm doing awesome Stuart. it's been 70 degrees here today i got my short pants on life is good it's a little bit of rain in the air but we had outside little league practice we're supposed to have some storms tomorrow but all in all it's good. We'd like to thank Grant for his sponsorship of the weather report. He sent me an envelope of currency called Bachoco Bucks. I'm assuming they're legal tender in the United States, so I'm going to go tomorrow and try to buy some Powerball tickets with them, and I'll let you know if I strike it rich. So they, they might only much.
2: be legal in Denmark, though. That's the that's the problem. <laughs> only Stu can use them.
3: Oh,
0: draft. Only S- me. <laughs>
3: S- Stuart and our friend Jared Balls the faction. We can send some to Jared, but regardless, we do appreciate uh, Grant's. Love of our weather report. <laughs>
0: well, and to top that off, it was sunny and about 70 degrees here in Virginia. This is Stu Lowry, your erstwhile host. What is erstwhile? They always said that. I'm going to have to look that up. Isn't Somebody he a new legends that guy? <laughs> I think he is. Henry, as a matter of fact.
2: I don't think that means that. I, think I think yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Happy to have everybody here. we got to have a, a fun show for you this evening. A show... Uh, about a topic of which I was not a part, uh, but I will not point that out more than 300 times. I I promise you. I promise you. You have my word. So let's get into what's new in the world of wrestling uh, and or Filsinger games uh, or both. And to start that off, we're going to go to our, our intrepid reporter, Chad Olson, for his review of AEW's quote unquote exploding ring match what exactly happened there chad give us give us a well, lowdown
3: i'll be honest i'm not paying for to watch this so i saw like a 20 second youtube clip because i had no interest in buying the pay-per-view to be honest i don't even know how you buy a pay-per-view anymore because all i got is hulu live but i saw on youtube because everybody was ranking on the finish i'm like i gotta see this and i looked and did you guys watch this
0: i saw i saw the, the last part of it so I, you I, saw, same as, I, same as I, you I, I,
2: I did see the pseudo explosion at the end that uh, was supposed to be there. So, you know,
3: everybody's kind of bagging on it because it was pretty lame. And then Tony Khan comes out and he says, and I think this makes it worse. Well, you didn't really think we were going to explode a ring with two guys in it. Well, yeah, we, we did, Tony Khan, because you bring up Oneida, you show clips from FMW, you call it exploding ring latch. That's like fucking having a steel cage match and then deciding to put him in you know a 15 foot porcelain toilet instead no it's the name i mean because here's the thing wwe had a match where a guy had to lose his eye hit a match where somebody got set on fire i thought both of those were stupid so i didn't watch those either but at least they did it i mean blow up the ring for god's sakes you're in an empty building you don't have to worry about blowing up the ringsiders you know you watch fmw shows people kind of got hit in the front row it was pretty tight in there I don't know. I just thought it was not a good way to build a relationship with the fans. And I'm not pro WWE or anti-AEW. I'm usually kind of anti both of them because they're kind of goofy these days. But whatever. They also do stuff that I like. I just thought it was kind of a dumb thing to do. I don't know. It's kind of a dumb stipulation to even bring
2: up if you know you can't pay it off.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Which is what bothered me, I think, the most again going back to you know you're, you're selling something so if I'm a casual fan and I'm buying this pay-per-view because I want to see the ring explode and what they're going to do and then I get some sparklers and a little pyro that makes the stuff that they the WWE used to do for Kane look tame uh, it's it's a little disappointing to be honest you know and I think it's it's just kind of a bait and switch type thing and it, it's just a, a rotten payoff to the the match stipulation that you built up so big,
1: and I just watched the clip as Chad was ranting, and uh, I agree that sucked. Um, <laughs> I mean that that was like Fourth of July in my driveway. My kids play <laughs> with sparklers bigger they than were that. sparklers. I mean, yeah, and when you're again when when you're tying it into Onita and FMW and these past exploding ring matches, that's crap. I mean that's again, and I'm like Chad. I I try to find good in both companies, and but like Chad, I. I have a hard time watching both companies and i'm sorry tony Khan. that that was a disappointment shame on
0: you well that it's also i mean they did that stuff back in the 90s this is somewhat passe it's a niche of a niche of a niche i really don't see why they needed it with omega versus moxley but i mean whatever. i have they no tried. problem with
3: them bringing the step back i think it's cool but yeah. then it adhered to the step because they did show i saw some clips where it showed some of the explosions when they'd actually hit the ropes or the barbed wire those were at least decent, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I I know, I think what I had heard was that Kenny Omega wants to, you know, be good at a variety of styles. And I applaud him for that, but make it a good style
3: yeah he wasn't and i and i think wasn't part of the explanation too that tony khan said was well kenny omega is a bad guy so he's trying to be a heel to the fans by not giving him what he said yeah, yeah but it was pretty weak fans yeah, aren't paying I, 50 I, bucks for your pay-per-view there
2: let i fished money out of my wallet to pay for that and then find out that you're not going to give me what i thought i was going to get at the end yeah that's right exactly. yeah. yeah that's not the kind of heel heat you want no. no this no. is this this has become a refund opportunity for aew at this point
3: mm-hmm. and to I show that handle it well to show that that we're not just homers for old stuff you know cornet did that i think you were there right when candido got oh, his yeah. head shaved except it didn't yep. work and it was supposed to be tammy getting her head shaved and i mean yep. that was crappy a cornet too oh it was t- and then the, the the
2: clippers didn't work either so that was right. terrible and then uh to to try and sell it, candido was wearing this little headgear around forever and he kind of looked like uh, hans mortier you can go back and <laughs> google that listeners but uh but, but he, he's walking around with this thing and he was even at the picnic for smoky mountain fan week he's at the picnic he and tammy were at the picnic and he's wearing the headgear at the picnic and i i just I, nothing like selling the gimmick but yeah that was uh that was
0: a piss poor finish Sometimes they just don't work. By the way, fans, uh, erstwhile, I butchered that it means at one time, formerly or former. I don't know what I was thinking. But uh, how about distinguished toast? I like that better. We'll go with that. Thank you, Chad, for that review. That was that was uh, about what I'm reading. And they're trying to spin it a hundred different ways, saying that he's playing Wile e. Coyote to some degree to Moxley. And I, I don't know what he, that even implies, but. Well, I'll probably tune in still and see where they go with it. We've had uh, a couple new releases since last we were with you, promoters, uh, from F- from Filsinger Games. Let's talk about the Legends world first. We had Henry Erslinger. Am I saying that name correctly? I've never been totally sure on that. We'll go with Erslinger. Uh, Henry Henry was just released. Any thoughts on that, my fellow Legends team? Don't all speak at once. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: I'll I'll, I'll it. Um, yeah, this, so this is, you know, some promoters may not have had the original uh, black and white card. That was a, done as a PDF release in the early days of the online promoter and um, COTG, LOW online. Um, but yeah, just kind of an interesting character from history. Uh, Pike Mojo, again, has helped out a lot with his, his card. And um, yeah, just uh, I think it'll be fun to have him now in color and uh, as part of an official full set um, I think this is some great artwork. I like the suit, kind of a distinguished look, and uh, sets him apart a little bit from the rest in the in the group.
2: It's definitely a different look. I think he's a good addition. He was more of a lighter weight uh, wrestler, uh, so you know wh- whatever weight classes they were using back in the day—middleweight, lightweight, whatever they were calling him. But um, but yeah, and and I think having the suit is just uh, kind of a, a, a nice characteristic it's something different that we haven't done before Uh, not that there were a lot of uh, great photo references available for him to begin with but that was one that was good and uh, I think it's uh, it's kind of a nice change for the
3: once again thanks to Pike Mojo for signing him I think he worked with his daughter he said and he his great website helped us with a lot of the uh, research for the moves so we greatly appreciate his contribution and yeah i think it's a cool look too and you know a lot of the guys we probably could have put in suits probably could have put everybody in there in suits because it's not like there's a ton of promo picks for these guys in wrestling poses so i think for all of them we've probably found at least one in their going up town clothes looking all erstwhile or whatever stewart likes to say
0: trying to bring a little class to this thing and this is what i get
3: <laughs> very little
0: very little class. Well, uh, we also had, and this is hot off the press in, 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 in so much or in terms of the time that we are taping. Taping, good gosh, we're recording this uh, podcast. Mayhem, or the Reimagined Mayhem, has just been released. Uh, thoughts on that, my friends?
1: Well, um, you know, having Chuck Carter, who drew the original Mayhem, on a couple episodes ago. Um, it's no Jay Leno influenced mayhem uh, as, as has become popular, but uh, I, I'm curious, you know, with with these reimagined cards uh, now fitting all the game card making rules, you no, know, uh, will mayhem have an automatic death jump or an automatic out of the ring? Because prior he had both of those. Uh, yeah, that's was, that's my biggest question, and I always love that. Yeah and, yeah, and
2: I know that Phantos they left, I, I believe they left the level one into the ropes and into the turnbuckle on oh. Dantost because they said that we're going to pass on the rules for that because that was such a unique feature. And I hmm. hope, honestly, they do the same thing for Mayhem because he would be the kind of person that would have an automatic out of their way yes. an
0: automatic death jump. So right, we'll, see. Right. we'll see what happens. I, okay. Uh... Appreciate the review and feedback on Mayhem, guys. I, I wish uh, it was enlightening, refreshing as always. And now we're going to head into uh, our main event of the evening. A topic which, uh, I don't know, I might be a little bitter about because I was not involved. Let me repeat, I was not involved. I was somehow left out of this. And it is the now uh, legendary, perhaps even mythic, 2010 Legends of Wrestling draft that was uh, done by Corey, Tim, and Chad. Not Stu, not Stu, Corey, Tim, and Chad. Let me repeat that, Corey, Tim, and Chad. So I'm going to spend the rest of this episode and, and the next just taking pot shots at them while they talk about their brilliant strategy. But let's, uh, let's go over just an overview of what this draft was, the intention of this draft and, and perhaps the strategy or, excuse me, the rules of said draft. And for that, we're <coughs> going to go to Corey Olson, who is not erstwhile at all. He is on the spot. He is with us currently. Corey, what were the rules behind this draft, and what was the goal, and why the hell wasn't I ever contacted about this draft? Oh, cut that last part. Sorry, guys. Just cut that last part.
3: No, really, because you pout and whine about everything. That's why. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: it was eggnog season, too. We couldn't get a hold of you. <laughs> He's oh. otherwise
2: engaged.
0: <laughs> you
3: had something the size of great, Gamma's frickin' and <laughs> You were... Down into that thing. You had a Stanley Cup replica for me. Oh, man.
1: Okay. So, (laughs) well, we, and I don't even remember how we came up with the idea of doing this in the first place. I don't know if it was just coming off a WWE draft or or we just decided to just do it for fun and see what happened. Um, But yeah, we just decided to do it on a Saturday. Uh, We did it all through email. You know, this was, I mean, I'm sure Skype was around at that point. Um, but none of us knew how to use it. And, uh, you know, we just said, we're just going to shoot emails back and forth. Um, Tim got the luck of the draw, or I don't remember if we drew straws or what we did, but Tim got the first pick. Go ahead, jen
3: I found an email where it said Connor picked the draft order. So he must've pulled right. out of the hat.
0: Ah,
2: that's right. I doubt
3: there was Skype because I think back then Tim had a rotary cell phone. Oh yeah,
2: I, I still do. <laughs>
1: Um but yeah, so we we uh did kind of a I think Chad has described it as a snake rotation. Uh so in the in the first round, Tim had the first draft picked pick, and then it went to me, then Chad got two, then me, and then Tim. And so we just kind of went through that rotation for every
3: round. I, two. Picks I was in the
0: draft order for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Blame Connor. So. Yeah,
3: we ran out of names. <laughs> yeah. We only had three slips
1: of paper. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah,
2: it's, not stop us, it's not us it's connor he's yeah, it's, very yeah. bitter toward
0: you that's yes. why that's, that's right. how i got left out
2: that's yeah. why well, um, and then i i think one of the things too with the rules was that was kind of unique was instead of just doing a traditional snake draft where that order continues every single round we changed it up every single round too correct so so we considered like one round to be six choices
1: mm-hmm. yes
2: you know. So when we got through that first iteration, then the first six picks total, then we changed up the draft order and and did that from round to round. So Mm -hmm. it it is kind of a unique system.
1: Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Tim. And so when we decided that Tim would get the first pick, as he said, we were going to do it all on a Saturday. uh, But we, we decided the order Friday afternoon, evening. And that night, Tim sent the first email with his first draft pick. And we'll get to that in the second part of this. Uh, but he said, uh, here's my first draft pick. Now I get a few extra minutes to sleep in tomorrow. So so fr- Tim, we started... Tim,
2: at- Tim probably was planning on drinking on Friday night and, and probably wanted a few extra minutes on Saturday to, before he had to get it, get
0: out of the rack. To sleep it off.
1: Make, makes sense. He was celebrating <laughs> his first draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Uh, But yeah, we we went through uh, all the cards, and we had now this at this point, this is early 2010. So we had the black and white legend sets up through Legends Partners. And uh, we also had the Legends of the Future, um, the first two sets, so the original and the the second fall, and uh, plus a few um, special edition individually released cards from those days. I know we had some special rules in place when it came to tag teams and I don't have notes of those. So Chad and Tim feel free to jump in. We we kept certain teams together. Go ahead, Chad.
3: They're on the spreadsheet.
1: Oh, I printed my spreadsheet and I didn't see them. So let me pull oh, it up again.
3: It's on the draft rules tab.
1: Gotcha. So. One second here.
2: And I think there were a couple of rules related to the certain managers too that, that actually aren't on the, the rules tab. I don't think they are anyway. But I I believe we had some specific rules for uh, managers that were really identified with certain wrestlers. So Paul Ellering, if you drafted the Road Warriors, you automatically got Ellering. Mm -hmm. If you drafted the Midnight Express, you automatically got Cornette. If you drafted the Kangaroos, you got Red Berry. There were a few like that, but we tried to keep it to a minimum where we could.
1: Yep. So here's here, I'll go through the rules here, um, with tag teams, these tag teams, if you drafted one of the wrestlers in your round, you automatically got his, his partner in that same round. So you had the road warriors together, uh, the fabulous kangaroos, the valiant brothers, the love brothers, the Mongols, the heartbreak express and the young bucks. The first, uh, version of the young bucks from L O T F second fall. Uh, and then also the midnight express now with the midnight express, You had to choose, you had to designate if you were going to choose Bobby Eaton and Dennis Condry or Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. Um, So then the the third member could be drafted by anybody at any point just as a solo wrestler. Um, With Jimmy Valiant, you had to declare if you were going to draft Handsome Jimmy Valiant. And so if you did, you automatically got Luscious Johnny or if you wanted to go with the Boogie Woogie Man. Um, So then Johnny could be drafted as a singles wrestler um we we did not draft the andre the giant card who had just come out we did not enter any of the women cards at the time and the uh, cards for little beaver and sky lolo were not eligible for the draft uh they were considered to be touring attractions if we were to go with these with these drafts so um i think those are the major rules and if i'm forgetting anything guys feel free to jump in
2: no i think that's that's i think that's that's pretty much it and like you said, we tried to, to take all the wrestlers that were available at the time, along with the, the, the Legends of the Future guys, put them all in, into just a big draft pool, and then just take our shots and go through and, and spend a lot of time <laughs> just emailing and hitting a refresh and making sure that we had uh, new our, our, you know, getting our new emails. Uh, back with with picks but uh yeah it, it, it took a while it definitely took a while So we wound up with uh with 48 rounds of drafting and then three rounds of manager drafting after that
0: and i think we've kind of answered who was eligible but a question that i have for the group is um, uh was the intention that once you drafted these guys or was it was a draft just for fun or to, to try to put together a fed to your liking or was would you were you guys considering having this as your actual fed you're going to run with the guys that you drafted
3: well i'll start off i was in the middle of my decades long ring crew strike so (laughs) i had already stopped my awa i mean i it was we'll go into later i do have a roster for a a territory and then a minor territory associated with it so um i mean i did have plans but i never did anything with it
0: (laughs) it's daggone ring crew workers yeah,
2: they're terrible.
3: Iowa's a really tough union state. In <laughs> I was going to say that the, the, the- Detroit's got really nothing. Cracks,
2: cracks down, yeah. My, I had my NWF. I was still actively doing the NWF at that point and really didn't have plans on creating a separate Fed or, or doing anything with this. But I wanted when I did the draft to try and create it like I was drafting for a separate Fed of my own. So at, at the time that we did the draft, I, had, I was actively running my NWF fed that was up on the boards, and I really had no intention of starting again or bringing these guys in or letting anybody go that was in the NWF that may have been drafted by Corey or Chad and not Stu, <laughs> just because I, I, I thought that it was more of a fun project between the three of us and that we might want to do something with it down the road. And now it's 10 years later and we never did anything with it other than really talked about it here. So um, I'm not quite sure it really made a lot of difference, but it was a lot of fun at the time and trying to figure out, especially when people would draft different people that that you kind of had earmarked or you were hoping you could get at. But it was... uh, yeah, I, I'd never had it planned for a, my own Fed, I, but I tried to draft as if I could use those guys in, in a Fed if I started one with, those, with that crew.
1: And, and I think that was kind of my mentality too. I was in, in about year six or so of my USWA, which I still play today and, and post on the discussion board. And, you know, as I look at our draft picks, which again, we'll discuss in part two, um, I, I kind of, I don't remember why I made some of the choices I did. Uh, But I I think I kind of had the mentality of, well, if Chad, Tim, and I ever do some kind of, you know, joint promotions with this, I I would like to have guys that I would see, you know, matched up against each other, some natural feuds. I I do remember kind of having a sort of a hierarchy in mind of these would kind of be my top guys and these would be my tag teams. Um, But as I look at some of the picks, I'm like, why did I choose that guy? So, um, no, I I wasn't planning to restart um, my Fed. I know a lot of promoters like to do restarts every couple of years. Um, I've, I've never done that with my Legends USWA and uh, I hope to keep it going as long as I can. So it was just kind of a, a fun thing. I really liked the concept of, okay, if you were only limited to certain guys, you know who, who would you take? What would you do with them? And that's kind of one of the reasons I've never really incorporated bootlegs into my Fed. I like just to, just to take the official Legends and let's see what we can do with these guys. You know, that's what. What can we? Well, what can we come up with?
2: And I that's think that's you... one of the things that we, why we kind of set aside Andre and the midgets, and and that was just as touring attractions, so that all three of us could use them if we ever did decide to do something with this. Right. Just like Andre was kind of a touring attraction across the the states and across the different territories, it was going to be the same kind of an issue for us.
0: Uh, one thing of interest, uh, and the promoters like. Like to know how? How did y'all do the draft? Was this this is before? Uh, well, that before cell phones were ubiquitous, but certainly before texting was as popular as it is now. How did y'all do your draft picks?
1: All, all through email. We just, as I said, you know, Tim got us going Friday night. He jumped jumped the gun and uh, sent in his first draft pick, and we had like Chad had determined the order, the 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 snake order, or Ch- Chad and Connor. And so after Tim sent in his email to the both of us, then it was my turn for my first pick. And then Chad got two, I got one, and then Tim got one to end that round. And like we said, we kind of rotated the round. So round two, I started off, round three was Chad and then so on. So it was just all a series of emails, um, just one after the other. Um, once we, we, we had the order kind of sketched out and, um, and once somebody sent their email with their pick or picks, that it was off to the next person.
0: How long did this take?
1: <laughs> I, I mean, other than Tim's Friday night first pick, and I know we got started Saturday morning, you know, fairly early. I think yeah, we, we were done by... Go ahead, Chad.
3: We did. I mean, we did all in one morning and afternoon, didn't
1: we? I, it went pretty quick. Yeah, all things considered. Okay. You know, we just, as soon as somebody got an email, somebody else sent the next one, so...
3: I mean, it was January, so it wasn't like it was great shakes to go outside or anything.
0: Right, right, yeah. yeah.
3: And I, you know, we had just had our twins, so I was just sitting there holding a laptop and a baby.
0: Let's get into some of your your individual strategies in terms of what were you looking to accomplish in the building of your Fed. What was your philosophy behind some of the or behind the wrestlers that you chose in, in a general sense? And how were you uh, looking to build out your particular Fed? So we'll open that up to anybody. We'll, we'll go one by one. Corey, what was your strategy behind building your particular Fed?
1: I wish I could remember all the all the all of my thoughts from the time, but um, to the best of my recollection, I know I picked a few guys that I had been using in my USWA. Um, my looking at my first two picks, uh, they were definitely some of my stronger world champions that I'd had up till that point, and um, as I look at the, the next rounds, I kind of wanted to have a, a well-rounded roster top to bottom. You know, I did, I definitely had some of the stronger guys, but I also knew the importance of some good, you know, mid card guys, uh, tag teams, you know, just try to get a good balance. And again, I wasn't planning to use this as my official fed, but just, um, just if, if we ever did something with it as a secondary project. You know, how, how, who would I, who would I like to use and, and what would I do with them? So, yeah, nothing too scientific about my process, but uh, just, uh, just kind of a well rounded card.
3: Thank you, sir. Chad, how about yourself? I had the idea that I was going to set up the, the Fed like two territories, which is what I was doing when I stopped playing. I had my AWA and then I had my Omaha, which you know, long time wrestling fans might remember that A- the Omaha territory originally had its own world champion and then it kind of merged with the AWA and, you know, they had their own local guys and then AWA also did, um, you know, some of their main eventers the world champs, world tag champs would come in and do shots too. And that's kind of what I was playing when I stopped so that's kind of what I was just going in to replicate to with the idea I mean maybe I was going to restart things I don't know. But I tried to draft some guys who would, were kind of on top for me at that point and then some mid to lower card guys and or the Legends Futures guys to kind of fill out at Omaha because that was more of a satellite territory.
2: Very well. And Tim, how about you? Well, with the the first couple picks, I wanted to make sure I, I got my top guys uh, that that I would, I would think would be my potential championship guys on the good guy and bad guy side. Then after that, I had an idea to almost, and you'll see this one once we get into the picks, but almost to, to set up a couple of factions, uh, just like an All Japan versus New Japan, which became a, a, a theme of probably my first uh, 10 or 15 picks. And then then after that, really, it was you know, best available athlete. I mean, you, you, you go with guys to fill the roster out, you grab tag teams that you want, and uh, some other people that can can fill spots that you want or or spots that 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 you would have on your roster that some build up the mid card get some lower level guys to and and just kind of let it roll
0: well with that it's time to really get into the meat of the draft but you know what promoters you're gonna have to tune in next week for that because we are stopping part one of this special two-part episode. It's like an after-school special. It's a special two-part episode. We're going to stop this uh, part one for now. We're going to rejoin you next week as we get into the real meat of the draft and possibly go maybe not every round, but certainly a lot of the rounds and go over some of the picks and the mentality or the thinking behind them. So with that, uh, do we have any, let's go around the Zoom room for some shout outs to end episode or this first part of this episode. And Chad has his hand raised and is really looking excited. Go ahead, Chad. The floor is yours.
3: I feel like we left people on a cliffhanger, like Adam West Batman and the Riddler is about to drop a giant ball on him or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just on the edge of my seat and I paid for the whole thing here, but I would like to give some shout outs. First of all, I want to thank Corey for producing the first 19 episodes oh. Because I had to produce that one last week and it sucked. It was (laughs) awful because you guys are terrible and you talk a lot, you take dramatic pause. I was editing stuff that I thought I lost the thing, but then I got it back and it was good. But thank you, Corey. I appreciate that. And I'll do this week's too. And thank you to Matt Dickendisher for reminding me to post the YouTube links. I was so frazzled. I'm just like, I'm just posting this damn thing and walking away. So we put up some YouTube links. And I want to give a shout out to next Wednesday night, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. We will have an IPW Facebook Live event. Um, I will not be ring announcing because of my road schedule. I will be traveling, but, you know, they'll get somebody in there who will do far better job than I do. So check that out if you want, IPW Facebook Live Impact Pro Wrestling.
0: Thank you, Chad. Tim, how about you, sir?
3: Just want to thank everybody
2: for listening. Uh, hope that uh, you you enjoy the buildup to the draft here, the the, the cliffhanger buildup, and then uh, we'll enjoy the draft next week when we talk about that. It should be a lot of fun, and I hope uh, hope everybody has a great time, and we'll see you next week.
0: Thank you, Tim. Corey, Corey
1: Olson. Oh, I want to thank my brother for taking over last week's episode. That was a big help to me on a busy week, and I'm happy to do this week's or we'll talk about it off air um but it, it no i enjoy doing it i really i really do it's a lot of work but it's a, it's it's a hobby I, I used to edit videos and this is kind of the next generation of that so i don't mind doing it especially for you promoters and when i see your comments and thank you everybody for commenting our faithful listeners on the board also want to give shout outs to our podcasting friends uh to grant pachoco of the philsinger games fan podcast He has a new podcast champion. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't heard to last Friday's episode, but it's a legendary name and he's even got some theme music he played on the show. So check that out. if you haven't, love his play-by-play each week. Also to Sam Fain, the King of Pro Wrestling podcast, uh, Steven Tower from After Further Review, Dave Little in the Heartland Championship play on YouTube. And uh, just everybody for continuing to support and encourage us with your comments. Uh, Really appreciate the support. And uh, we'll be putting a link to the uh, IPW Facebook page in the podcast notes. So make sure to check out that St. That Patty's Day Clash while you're enjoying a shamrock shake and some corned beef.
0: Bring it on. <clears throat> I just want to put it, give a shout out to Pike Mojo. He's just on his site the other other day. That is a well-done website with a, it's just a treasure trove of old wrestling memories, old wrestling stories, articles. For those of you who haven't visited it, please, please do so it is a it is a wealth of information and you can get lost in it in a hurry and with that said thank you all promoters for listening to us we'll be back next week with part two of this very special episode
1: the 2021 george tragos luthes professional wrestling hall of fame induction weekend takes place july 15th through 17th in waterloo iowa come see many of the legends of wrestling and the future stars of the sport this year's award winners include former WWE and UFC star The World's Most Dangerous Man Ken Shamrock, former WWE Champion and Olympic Powerlifter Mark Henry, six time former WWE Women's Champion Trish Stratus, and the Dean of Professional Wrestling Gordon Soli. And this year's 2021 Hall of Fame class features Iowa's own Earl Wampler, former NWA World Tag Team Champion Don Kernodal, and former WWE Tag Team Champion and Manager Adnan Al Casey. In addition to honoring these wrestling legends, a great card of wrestling action will be presented on Friday night at the 5 Sullivan Brothers Center. This card will be brought to you by Impact Pro Wrestling, one of the top independent promotions in the Midwest today. Come check out the Hall of Fame Classic Tournament, featuring some of the top young wrestlers today, including Cole Cabana, Brian Pillman Jr., Madman Fulton, Dominic Garini, Gary J., Jeremy Wyatt, and more. And for the first time in Hall of Fame weekend history, a women's tournament will take place featuring Heather Monroe, Red Velvet, and Miranda Gordy. Meet several of the legends of wrestling's past, such as James J. Dillon, Jerry Briscoe, Mr. USA Tony Atlas, Sergeant Slaughter, and more. Also meet legendary wrestling coach and American wrestler Dan Gable. Get autographs from these stars in one of the most fan-friendly wrestling fan fests around. For the complete list of guests, check out the Luthez George Tragos Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame page on Facebook. For all access passes, call 319 233 745 or visit the link in the podcast notes. Again, that's 319 233 0745. The twenty second annual George Tragos Luthez Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame Induction Weekend, july fifteenth through seventeenth in Waterloo, Iowa.